stated earlier, we've been talking about the Holy Spirit. And uh, my microphone on here. Amen. There we go. Praise the Lord. So we've been talking about the Holy Spirit, and uh, he is the most important person in the world today. And, I, you know, it, it just stands to reason, you know, people invest in what's important to them. Amen. And as I understand the significance and the importance of the whole, the role, or excuse me, the ministry and role of the Holy Spirit, as I grow in awareness of it, I think it is, uh, it behooves me to understand or, or appropriate his position in my life. That means simply spending time with the Holy Spirit and talking with the Holy Spirit and uh, seeking his guidance. Because there's so many things that he will do. And there's so many things that he desires to do. And there's so many things that he is doing. And as I grow uh, mature and become more sensitive to what the Holy Spirit is doing, not only will he do greater things, but he will do greater things in us and through us. Uh, but, and as I stated earlier, much of it is primarily based on our choice or, well, yeah, our choice uh, to believe. Um, I want to turn your attention, because uh, I'm going to move a little bit. Like I said, this is not profound, it's not deep, but it's just uh, fundamental. And sometimes that's what we need. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So let's look at the book of Proverbs. I just want you to kind of turn to the book of Proverbs, and we're going to kind of hold, hold there a little bit and while we kind of set the stage for this. Because we've talked. We talked about who the Holy Spirit is, and we should understand by now he, that he is God. Holy Spirit is God. We understand that he, is, um, he has the same qualities, uh, omniscient. He is omnipresent. He is uh, omnipotent, all-powerful, all these things. He's everywhere. He's God. And like, as I stated before, he is the most important person in the world today. The most important person. Now, what we're going to look at, now we can look at this from, um, from two sides. What we want to look at, uh, many times when we look at the Holy Spirit, we look from a ministry standpoint of serving. And that is very powerful. That is awesome. Uh, because as we uh, seek to serve the Lord, as we seek to win souls, uh, the, the Spirit of God, not only uh, does he co-labor with us and help us in this endeavor, but he also, the scripture teaches us, he gave gifts unto men. And, and the gift, the Holy Spirit himself is a gift. Amen. And, and so as we begin to become, again, be, be led by the Spirit of God and to, to have the desire to, to win souls, the scripture says he that winneth souls is wise, that which one declares that he, you, you're, you're, com you're competing for something. Not for a, 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 a corruptible crown, so to speak, but you're competing to win or go after someone who was broken and hurt and snatched them out of the very pits of hell. Uh, also, he said, he that winning souls is wise, which includes implies that it's going to take some smarts. It's going to take some studying. It's going to take a little time and, you know, prayer and things of that nature. Lord, open my eyes of understanding. Give me wisdom, knowledge that I might win people who are broken and hurt for your glory. All right. But then there's another component of the Holy Spirit, because and sometimes I don't think we all often take advantage of. And that's what the Holy Spirit is going, doing in us and, or, or, or the ministry of the Holy Spirit within us to help improve our lives. Uh, because once I get saved and once I accept Jesus as Lord, that ain't it. God knows it ain't. It's so much more the Holy Spirit want to do. So much more. And, and, and it's not even, uh, sometimes when we think about what he wants to do, uh, we limit it to correction of behavior. And that's, that's not the, uh, the extent of the Holy Spirit working within us. It's, he is God. It's so many things that the Holy Spirit desires to do, is willing to do, 
and wants to do in us, but I think many times we miss it because we don't open ourselves to receive what the Spirit of God wants to do. I, I, what, something that, well, you know what? I, well, no, no, you stay where you are. Well, I say Proverbs. I'm going to jump over here real quick in the Mark, and let's read this verse of Scripture, the Mark 11. This is such a powerful uh, verse of Scripture, and many of us, we know it by heart, but, you know, sometimes we don't really uh, get the gist of what the Scripture is actually saying. Over in the book of Mark, the 11th chapter, over at the 22nd verse, it says, uh, let me find it. Here we go. It says very plainly, and Jesus answering said unto them, have faith in God. And, and so a lot of times we think we're in faith and we think we're believing, but many times I think we're really not. Had to have faith in God, well, the Holy Spirit is God also. And when I have faith in God, that means I'm having faith, confidence, rely, and reliance on his ability to work and move on my behalf in any and every situation that I encounter. That's to have faith in God. Not just sometimes, not just when it's, a, when it's convenient for me, but all the time. And we'll look at this in just a second, okay? Then he goes on to say, For verily I say unto you, that whosoever shall say unto this mountain, Be thou removed, and be thou cast into the sea, and shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that those things which he saith shall come to pass, he shall have whatsoever he saith. Now, I just believe God is telling the truth. I don't believe he's lying. I believe he meant exactly what he said. If you believe it in your heart, it shall, and confess it with your it shall come to pass. That's what he said. He says, for I say unto whosoever shall say unto this mountain, be thou removed, and be thou uh, cast into the sea, and shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that those things shall come to pass, he shall have whatsoever, whatever, he saith. And the reality is, I think that's so true even in life, that many times we are the product of what we have been believing and saying. And, and, and sometimes it's not, and, and sometimes I believe it's on a subconscious level, and we'll kind of look at that later, but that, that helps us, that is an important part of how I believe. That is an important part of how I believe. And, and when I understand that, you know, how many know you programming yourself to believe? Yeah, you, you're, we are self-programmed individuals, and we program even whether it's in jest or joking around or some of the things that we say. Sometimes we're, we're not serious about what we say, but here's the thing. Your subconscious mind doesn't know the difference. Your subconscious does not know whether you're serious or joking. Only thing it knows is the information it received. Period. And I ain't got no money. <laughs> now you might be joking, but your subconscious still says, "Well, broke will be." I feel so bad. Well, see, we're programmed. See, the scripture lets us know death and life is in the power of what? We don't take that serious. We don't take that serious. We playing with that. We playing with that word. Because if we took it serious, we would be more mindful of the things we say. Death and life is in the power of the tongue. That means that, wait a minute, as I'm speaking words, I'm consistently programming myself to think and believe a certain way. Some of them, when we were children, many of our parents did the programming for <laughs> Well, that's just, that's just the truth. You know, old folks, you say, I don't pay you to think. I pay you to do. And your payment was every time you pull your legs up under them tables. No, I mean, really. They said, I do all the thinking. You just do the doing. And they were doing the best they could with what they had, but much of what they were doing was in error. Okay? Because what they were saying is, it's okay for other things and other systems to think for you.
And so as we get older, we think that's where we come into following the crowd and conforming to the system of this world. Everybody else is doing it. And so, and, and, and here's the, and this is the, the danger of it, because if everybody else is doing it, then the next thing is, how powerful is the circle that you in? Because if everybody broke, if everybody divorced, if everybody living below God's best, and everybody is doing it, then that's your comfort zone, because that is what has programmed you, and you think it's acceptable and okay. Even if you desire to get out, you've been pre-programmed to think a certain way that you can't win your own strength and ability. Now, where would you get that foolishness? Well, we got a few books over in the Old Testament, Numbers, Deuteronomy, all the way back. The children of Israel, they wanted to get out, but their mind, they, but they couldn't get this out. Okay? So what the Holy Spirit wants to do, but remember, he, he works. He doesn't do all the work. And I use the money analogy because everybody can uh, 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 understand money. If I give you a million dollars, you say thank you very much. You know. <laughs> but if I tell you you can make a million, no, that ain't God's best for me. No, because you know, because that involves some work. Well, it's the same thing with the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit wants to do more, but He can't do all of it. He works with us. You know, just like you on a job, you got a a, a helper. You know, an apprentice or things like that of that nature. They don't do all the work; they just help you do it. Okay? And so the same thing holds true even with the Holy Spirit. He does not do all the work. He will lead you and guide you to all truth. He, he will speak to you. He will teach you. He will show you things to come, all the things that he will do because he's God. But he does not do it all. We, I have to be a, a willing participant in the process. I tell you to go to uh, Proverbs, the fourth chapter, right? Did I say four? I, I'm sorry, well, since I didn't say that, let's go look at the fourth chapter. Very familiar. Because there's some things that the Holy Spirit wants to do, and there's some instructions that he gives us, and it's very important. Very important. And we're going to kind of look at one of those components today, all right? Proverbs, the fourth chapter. And we're going to start reading. I might, I might go back to the third or the first. I might go, and I didn't even write this down. I just looked, you studying it, but... Uh, We'll, we'll kind of dance around a little bit. I, I got notes, but none of the notes are current, you know, the ones I had, the ones I did uh, last night. But anyway, over in the book of Proverbs, I want you to, now first and foremost, this is Solomon, much of this is Solomon, and he's speaking of some things that his father instructed him. But I want you to kind of pay attention, and as we look through this, we'll kind of get a better understanding of why he said it. And one thing, and what we're talking about, uh, we're talking about the Holy Spirit specifically, but we're also talking about the spirit of wisdom. Anybody need wisdom? Anybody need wisdom? Anybody ever been in a decision where you, you want to do something, but you don't know how? <laughs> well, you're trying to accomplish some things, but you can't figure out how to do it? Well, the, the word of God <coughs> lets us know. Well, I can read it to you, but, well, the Word of God lets us know over in Isaiah and over in Ephesians, several places, that Holy Spirit of God, he has, is the, the Spirit of wisdom. Spirit of wisdom. He is the Spirit of wisdom. In fact, and we'll see this, I didn't write these, that I wrote them down, but I didn't bring them, but we'll see even in Proverbs where they call him wisdom. Talking about the Holy Spirit. They call him wisdom. In fact, the scripture said, wisdom crieth out in the streets. Now, that's powerful. Wisdom is crying. Anybody need wisdom? Okay, well, here's the great thing about wisdom. Wisdom does not discriminate. Because it cries in the streets. 
See, what it's saying is wisdom is not in the secret place. It's not hidden. You know, you got to find it. You got to have a, a key code and a passcode. You know, we live in a password society now where everything you do online and everywhere else, you got to have a password. But he said wisdom ain't like that. Wisdom just out there blurting out stuff. In other words, wisdom don't keep a secret too good. <laughs> well, that's what it's saying. <laughs> If you want wisdom to keep something, don't tell them. But since God know everything, ain't nothing that's hid from him. So wait a minute. If nothing is hid from him, then the Holy Spirit is a good one to know. Ain't that something? No, now, we, we, I think all of us raise our hand. I need some wisdom. And nothing is hid from the Holy Ghost. So when it comes to wisdom, he got it all. Hey, boy, wait a minute now. Wait a minute now. In my book now, my, by my math, my old school math say one plus one equals two. And if the Holy Spirit got it all, then wait a minute. I need to spend some time with him. In fact, let me read this. I, I wrote this down. I know I wrote this down. Uh, let me read it if I can find it. I might be. I might not be able to find it. Uh-oh. We... <laughs> Oh, man, I, I run across it as I go through my lesson. But, uh, hey, man, let's see. It might be right here. Praise the Lord. Amen. But basically what wisdom does, I got it somewhere else. I got it a couple places. Wisdom, yeah, 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 yeah. Wisdom, and we'll, see, we'll read this in just a second. Wisdom is making decisions today based on knowing what will happen tomorrow? That's wisdom. Ain't that, is that, is that, is that, is that something good to have? Is that something good to know? That I can make a decision today and I know what the outcome is going to be tomorrow. He, but that's what wisdom is. That's a powerful thing. You know, people are lining up all over the world. They're trying to hit this one million, two, whatever the lottery is. They're trying to get this money. Wisdom, but wisdom says, but I'm better than that. And we, that's in the scripture too. Wisdom says, I'm, I'm more valuable than this money. If you get wisdom, well, we'll look at that in the scripture. Okay? And, and so with that power and that ability, there again, the principal thing, let's read the scripture because I get excited. Let's read what it says. Proverbs 4. Uh, let's start at, let's start at verse 1. Proverbs 4 verse 1 says, Hear ye children the instruction of a father, and attend to no understanding. For I give you Good doctrine. I'm, I'm giving you some good teaching right now. I, this, I, this ain't just something I just came up with. I'm giving you some good doctrine. All right? Forsake ye not my law. For I was my father's son, tender and only beloved in the sight of my mother. He taught me also and said unto me, Let thine heart retain my words, keep my commandments, and live. That's very important. That's very powerful. He said, now, this is what my father, my daddy taught me. See, like we were saying the other day, parents are important. You know, thank God for organizations and things of that nature. But no, people, children need parents that instruct them in righteousness. Okay? He said, but this is what he taught me. Now, notice, he goes on to say, verse 5, get wisdom, get understanding. Forget it not, neither Decline from the words of my mouth. Now, right there, that's powerful. Now, remember, remember I just stated that, you know, wisdom crieth in the streets. It's out there. It can't keep a secret. It, it's out there. It's just crying, making noise. But now, but the, the, the writer also said, first and foremost, get wisdom, which is an instruction. Is that correct? He said, the first thing I need to do is get some wisdom. What happens when I get wisdom? I get understanding. And there, and not only that, it's a, it's also lets me know wisdom is available. 
Because God wouldn't tell me to get something that didn't exist. If he said, get it, it exists. But now here's the thing, and I know no one here has this problem, because sometimes you get wisdom, but aligning your will with wisdom ain't always convenient. Amen. Praise the Lord. Well, what do you mean by that? Because you can have wisdom. Okay, let's use this for an example. You know, I always use food for an example. Let's use this for example. 10 o'clock at night, wisdom said you don't need nothing else to eat. Amen. But your will say, that pie's still in there. Ain't about one, you know what? See, so, so wisdom and my will don't always line up. So not only is it important for me to get wisdom, I got to trust wisdom. I got to trust that God knows what's best for me. He said he, he will lead you and guide you into some truth, even when it comes to eating, finances, marriage. He'll lead me in all truth. And, and so many times it's a matter of who's going to lead today. Is, is wisdom going to lead me or is my flesh going to lead me? So I got to put the flesh, my flesh, I got to crucify it. And as I spend time with the Lord and know that he never failed, he'll never leave me nor forsake me. He'll never misguide me. He can be trusted because he is trustworthy, because he is God and he cannot lie. I have to listen to, I have to train myself to listen to the spirit of the living God that is on the inside of me. Well, how do I know the difference? Many times when it comes to my will, it's somewhere close by, especially after the Holy Spirit has spoken is somewhere close by when it comes to my will that justification is somewhere nearby. Amen. I know this never happened to nobody but me. Amen. What do you mean justification? Okay, same analogy. Holy Spirit says, Holy Spirit says, it's 10 o'clock, you don't need nothing else to eat. And your will says, well, it's just one left, one piece of pie left in there. Justification comes in where, you know, go ahead and get it out of the house so we ain't got to worry about it no more. See, you try to, well, if I wait till tomorrow, it ain't going to be there, you know. So you, we justify stuff. Okay? Financially, you out shopping. And it's the, oh, this is on sale. The Holy Spirit said, don't buy that. Leave that at the store. You don't need nothing else to wear. Leave them clothes. Uh uh-uh. uh. Or it might not be a, a wrong thing that the Holy Spirit just said, no, I don't do that. But it, that, the justification, man, they got this sale once or twice or however many times a year. Man, I don't never see stuff on sale like this. But well, wait a minute. The Holy Spirit may know it's going to be 80% off tomorrow. See, so when I try to justify things, I can miss God's best because I'm not really, like I said before, I'm not really trusting God. I'm trusting me. Now, in the time of trouble, now all of a sudden, I want, Lord, I, whoo, I can really trust him. Oh, I can lean on him like never before. But wait a minute. Sometimes, not all the time, but sometimes if I just learn to trust him before trouble comes, Maybe, maybe certain troubles will never come if I learn, okay, okay, from a health standpoint. If I learn to trust him, you know, in his leading and guiding, some, maybe the trouble won't come. I'm not saying Satan won't attack your body, but maybe if the Lord say you need to watch your diet, you need to be more careful in what you're putting in yourself, you need to do this, A, B, and C, you know, then I might, I might not have to, to, to deal with all this other, you know, doctor visit and machines and medication and all this other stuff. If I just simply listen to God, just listen to him, okay? He said, get wisdom. That's a mandate. So it's my responsibility. I got to go get some wisdom. He said, well, when you get a wisdom, he said, now, you know what you're going to get? You're going to get an understanding. Well, what is wisdom? I just, I just told you. Wisdom is making decisions today based on knowing what will happen tomorrow. 
Wisdom enables you to make, well, I'm just saying it a little differently, but enables you to make decisions based on hindsight rather than foresight. In other words, the Holy Spirit has, that's John 16, 13, Holy Spirit has interior information. He has the inside scoop. He already knows, okay? And so, wait a minute, I got to take some, does wisdom take time? Well, absolutely. And many times I think that's the problem we have in our society because we live in a microwave society. We can have everything right now. Well, see, wisdom, it may take time. It may take effort, okay? But notice what he said. He said, uh, neither decline from the words of my wife. Talking about wisdom. Neither decline from the words of my mouth. Let me read it in the Amplified. It says, get skillful and godly wisdom, get understanding, discernment, comprehension, and interpretation. Do not forget and do not turn back from the words of my mouth. See, in other words, he's saying, you know, don't second guess the Holy Ghost. Don't second guess wisdom because what he's saying is true. What he's saying is, and the reason why he's true, he's giving, and that, I think we underestimate the power of what the Holy Spirit will do because he is speaking, he is not, even though he's in the world, but he is speaking from eternity. He is speaking from eternity and delivering it in time. And I don't know if we can kind of grasp what that means. That just means this. You know, how many have ever seen these, these, these time-traveling shows? Anybody ever saw Back to the Future? In the, in the show, in the movie Back to the Future, the brother made a time machine, and he said, I'm just giving you the gist of it. He said, you got to go back and warn your family, because if you don't, some things that's going to happen is going to be detrimental to your whole family, okay? So you got to go make things right between this relationship and so forth and so on. Now, the brother had information from 1980-whatever, and he went all the way back into the 50s to pass the same information that he had onto his family or onto his parents. In other words, to bring them back together. Well, if you can kind of understand the gist of that, the Holy Spirit been doing that for years. He's been doing it from the foundation of the world. Giving me information, giving us information that will allow us to not predict, but to have a sure and certain future based on what he has told us today. That's wisdom. Why is wisdom important? Well, it got to be important if God founded the world with it. If the He said by wisdom, the world was founded. The, the foundation of when God said, let me start building the world, he said, okay, I need some wisdom. Let me use wisdom to keep everything in sync, everything in time, everything, the sunrise, the sunset, the bir- all, all of creation, but the foundation of it was wisdom. So it lets me know, because we read right here in the scripture, that the principal thing, the first thing, the fa- before I jump the gun and do anything else, the first thing, anybody ever jumped a gun? Anybody ever got emotional before they got wisdom? <laughs> you know, you know, like Swift said, get wisdom, but you got angry. <laughs> Nobody. He said, get wisdom, but but you got sad and depressed. So he said, but wait a minute, the principle. They, well, let me let me keep reading. He said. Notice verse 6. No, excuse me. Well, yeah, verse 6. Forsake her not, and she shall preserve thee. Love her. Wait a minute. Now he's going a little bit further. Not only do you get it, but he said when you get it, love her. And that's um, He started comparing it to a, 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 a couple, a woman. He says, uh, forsake her not, and she shall preserve thee. Love her. And she shall keep thee. Verse 7, watch what he says. Wisdom is the principal thing. 
Therefore, get wisdom, and with all thy getting, get an understanding. Amen. The verse 7, the Amplified says, the beginning of wisdom is get wisdom, skillful, and godly wisdom, which lets us know that the world has wisdom. In fact, over in, I believe it's 1 Corinthians, he, he talks about the wisdom of this world, which I got to understand that the wisdom of this world is limited when it, as it compares to God's. Now, the world might have biblical and spiritual principles, but the infinite wisdom belongs to God. And he said, when I get it, he said, get the beginning of wisdom is get wisdom, skillful and godly wisdom. For skillful and godly wisdom is the principal thing or the foundation. And with all you've gotten, get an understanding, discernment, comprehension, and interpretation. Ain't that something? So he puts a lot of emphasis all throughout the book of Proverbs. The, he puts a lot of emphasis on wisdom. Now, I have to understand that over in Corinthians and several places, that the Spirit of God, if I am a, a born-again believer, the Spirit of God is in me. Amen? Now, but he also instructed us. Well, let's go there. Let's go to Ephesians real quick. Because, is it, well, let me ask y'all, is it possible to be saved and not have wisdom? Absolutely. Absolutely. You better know it. I was reading Exodus, a little bit of Exodus last night, and uh, one of the things that I, I, it stood out, you know, when God was about to prepare the tabernacle, uh, he gave the instructions to Moses. But he also let him know who he put wisdom in to fulfill a particular task. He said, I, 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 please forgive me if I say his name incorrectly, Bezaliel, if I'm not if I'm mistaken. He said, I put wisdom in him so that he could uh, build the tabernacle, so he would be in, uh, instrumental in the building of the tabernacle. And, and I'm saying all that to say because God will put wisdom in people that they, they, they understand and know. Some people are gifted. It, they never went to technical school. They never had any formal training. They are just gifted and talented in particular areas. God graced them or gave them the wisdom, knowledge, and understanding how to do particular things. And I still believe wholeheartedly to today that same thing holds true. People, all of us have gifts. All of us have talents. But see, that's what makes us the body of Christ. All of us have a distinct thing that only, not necessarily only we can do, but that we bring to the table. Amen? Okay, but just because I'm saved now, I, just because I'm saved, it does not mean that I automatically have wisdom. And sometimes, even as, as a, a new, a born-again believer, I may have skills, talents, and abilities that I didn't even know I had. I didn't even know I had the ability to do. And so, and that's why the relationship with the Holy Spirit is so important because one of the things that he will do is help cultivate and bring these gifts, talents, and abilities to the surface. However, I always, case in point, some people, like my daughter, Jayana. My daughter, Jayana, reads a lot. She read, 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 read. Now, but on the flip side, now she's somewhat, and I'm just putting her on the spot, She's somewhat apprehensive about speaking publicly and saying things, what have you, whatever. Kind of what, what she says she's shy. I disagree. Because why, why program yourself that way? To think that way. The righteous are bold as a lion. The wicked flee if when no one pursues. That's what the books say. So, but I'm using that analogy because here it is now. God may call her to do things that's uncomfortable for her, and the wisdom is of God is guiding her, but she can either listen to wisdom and trust God, or she can listen to her own will. See what I'm saying? Your will is designed to make sure you're comfortable. Wherever your comfort zone is, your will will find it. I promise you. Your will will find it. Your will is smart. 
Okay? However, the Holy Spirit objective was always to make you uncomfortable. In other words, I've said it before and I'll say it again. The Holy Spirit will lead you to the cross and the cross will lead you to the Holy Spirit. And I promise you the cross is not a place of comfort. That's a place of death where you die to yourself. So as I'm being led by the Holy Spirit, he's where, where are you leading me, Holy Spirit? I'm taking you. I ain't, are you taking me to the king? No, I'm taking you to the cross. <laughs> okay? Let's read what the scripture says. Notice, now this is uh, Paul writing to the church at Ephesus. Notice what he is saying to this church. They, these were, this was to the church. This wasn't to the world. This wasn't to unbelievers. He was writing this to the church. Verse 17. He's, this is his prayer. That the God of our, of our Lord Jesus Christ, I'm sorry, first chapter, Ephesians 1. Ephesians 1. Notice what he's saying. That the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give unto you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge. Wait a minute, hold on. Now, hold on. These are saved folk. These are saved people. But he's saying, but yeah, but you need some wisdom. Now, how are you going to get it? Wait a minute. He said, now, this is, he says, that the Father of glory may give unto you the spirit of wisdom and revelation. Where? In the knowledge of him. Now, what's going to happen? He said, the eyes of your understanding being enlightened, that ye may know what is the hope of his calling and what the riches of the glory of the inheritance. In other words, he can say, why, so you'll know, I'm just paraphrasing, so you'll know why you're here. So you'll know your purpose. So you'll find your gifts. So you'll find your talents. So you'll begin, because, see, the Holy Spirit know you better than you know you. And, and so there's some things that you can do that you don't think you can do, but the Holy Spirit know you can do. And if, if you stay, remember we're talking about John 14, 15, and 16, right there in the middle of 15, he says stay connected. If you stay connected, he said, oh, yeah, you can do some things as long as you're staying connected to me because I am the vine. Okay? And as long as you're trusting me, I, I, I'm the first one to, uh, to tell anybody, you know, I'm, I'm uh, by nature an uh, introverted person, by nature. So for me to get up and publicly speak to people, yeah, yeah that's God. That's God. That's not something that I aspire to do. Like, man, I want to get up, man, and just, whoo, boy, I just want to preach me a good sermon. Hey, no, I'm preaching the first thing from my mind. Okay? So it takes God to do it. But wait a minute. Not only that, now, because we, we, a lot of times when we start talking about the work of the Holy Spirit, we want to come to the church. Well, we, the people are the church. See what I'm saying? No, not really. The people are church. Well, the Holy Spirit, why the Holy Spirit can't let you run a five, Fortune 500 company? Find the cure for cancer. Ain't oh, good grace. I lost all y'all did that grace. Because there's something, but now here, this is where the believing aspect comes in. This is why believing is so important. Remember I said your, your will will find the comfort zone? As I speak, as I think, as we all do, the scripture says this, as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. So is he. That means this, if I cease to think greater, I will never be greater. If I never challenge myself from a mental standpoint beyond what is comfortable for me, I never got to worry about getting there. You know, we, can we can go right back to the children of Israel. The Holy Spirit was there guiding them by day and night. But notice they never went further than where they went. They were walking all over the place. And they never went further. Why? Because their thinking did not change. In their minds, their thought that out this is way, this, this is the way that life should be. And the reason why they thought that was the way that life should be, 
because that was comfortable for them. But when the Spirit of God was trying to lead them and take them further, they said, no, nah, we're going back into slavery. Because I remember they had, oh, 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 the food they had over there in, in slavery. It was killing us dead, but oh, it's better than this, this manna. What, what? And, and see, that's, and that's how we, we, we view things that are foreign. We look at it like manna. What is it? What's this? Because we don't recognize it. See, certain levels of success, whether it's in Christ, whether it's in business, where, and when someone from the outside challenges you and say, come up, you say, what is this? Manna came from where? The scripture said it came down from where? Heaven. It, God sent it. But when it came down, they couldn't recognize it because it wasn't on their level. Because their level was a mindset of slavery, and that's where they were comfortable. And so when, they, when something challenged them to come up that were different, they said, no, nah, this is strange. This ain't God's will. And what they were really saying, this is outside my comfort zone. That's why I ain't got the college degree yet, outside my comfort zone. That's why I ain't believe God for a house yet. That's outside my comfort zone. That's why I'm still on the medication. It's outside my comfort zone. And the Holy Spirit said, all of, but beloved, I wish above all things that they'll prosper and be in health, even as your. But in order for my soul to prosper, I got to have something that's going to bring me up. But every time God sent the Holy Spirit to bring me up, I look at it like it's manna. What is it? Does that make sense? But what God knew that they didn't know, God knew the diet that they needed in order to change their thinking in their mind. And the same thing holds true for us. See, we, we like our little pet scriptures, but see, sometimes God, give you, Holy Ghost, give me a diet that's going to change my mind. Give me a diet, give me a dose, give me a medication that's going to change the way I think. Because, and it ain't just, because some things we know, however, but we really don't know it. And the reason why we really don't know it, because it really hasn't gotten into our subconscious. See, we, we know it, we can quote it, but the problem is we don't really believe it. Because when I, when I start truly believing it, the mind, let me tell you something. The mind is a dynamic thing. Okay, okay, okay. Let's use this analogy. Let's use this analogy. Let's use this. Okay. Because I think we can relate to this. How many, anybody ever say, you know what? I'm going back to my food analogy again. Anybody ever say, I'm going to lose this weight. I'm losing, so I'm getting off this. I'm medicine or whatever. Anybody ever say that? Nobody? One person. Thank you, sweet thing. Oh, okay. And so you start eating healthy and start eating right. Now, okay, a true story. I'm talking about, talking about myself. I stopped drinking sodas. I wish I had it. I'm going to bring it one Sunday. I'm going to show you what I used to eat. Junk. I go to Costco, get some M&Ms. See, Costco got a big old, like a oil tanker drum of M&Ms, you know. I go, I go to Dollar General, get me a small drink. And I go to Mountain Fried Chicken, get me a platter of wedges. Potato wedge. I don't eat chicken, you know. But I'm, the way I might as well be eating the chicken. I might as well be eating the floor. And I sit on Sunday afternoon. I get me some hot sauce on my wedges and some paprika or some 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 Tabasco and some paprika and some ketchup or that ketchup that's mixed with sriracha and then pour it on them. Oh, what a time! What a time! Get my Coca Cola in the freezer. Get it real nice and cold. 
<coughs> but then I said, you know what? See, I'm like my grandma. I'm digging my grave with my teeth. So I said, I'm, I'm letting that stuff. I don't know when to let them. I had my wife, she'll make me a baked potato, which is, you know, far better, I think. And salad, she'll, my wife prepared my meals for just about the whole week, if not the whole week. All help fruits. I don't even like one day she make, made me some uh, cantaloupe, watermelon, and honeydew. And I don't like none of that. But I ate it because I knew it was better for me than the candy bar, potato chips, and all this other stuff. So it's got nutrients in it. It's got water in it, vitamins. So I just, I, I just shut up. I ain't, I don't like this. I said, Lord, thank you, Jesus, and just sat there and ate it. Grapes and different fruits, stuff like that. She, she, everything I, she do it. When I first started, and this is, now this is why, and I, this is why I make the statements that I make. You know, we'll preach to the person on crack. But food kill more people than crack. And the person that's on crack take the drug to feel better. The person on overeating take pills so they can eat more to feel better. Both are in search of the same thing, that sweet spot. Satisfaction. Okay? Now, so when I stop, when I stop eating all this food, my body almost like it went in the shot. Listen, I had chills. I was just like a drunkie, a junkie. I said, now, wait a minute. This don't make no sense. Well, what was happening, my body was detoxing, getting chemicals and drugs out of my system. And if you don't believe me, just try it. Stop drinking soda. Just drink water. Don't drink no juice. Don't drink no water. Uh, don't drink no sodas. Don't, no, no diet, because there's sugar in that too. Just start drinking water for a whole week straight. And, pr- and, li- and now, the first couple of days, your body ain't going to, if your body can cuss, it will cuss you out real good. You ain't a, you ain't, you no good, blah, 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 blah. I had chills. My head was hurting. I mean, my head was hurting. I didn't, I felt sluggish. And the only thing my body was doing, it was trying to reject the food that it was healthy and nutrient, my body was, it didn't like it because it wasn't used to it. It was comfortable with M&M. My body liked m M&M. and I eat me a handful of m M&M, take a nap, wake up, eat another handful. My body liked that. But I'm killing myself. Okay? So when I started doing things a little differently, eating better, cutting things out, after a while, I kind of kind of got used to it. Then the next thing you know, I kind of look forward to it. Then the next thing you know, I can miss a meal and don't even miss a meal. Because, I'm not, because not just am I eating better, I'm not overeating. You know, I remember my wife used to make uh, baked spaghetti. This is a long time. I don't even remember the last time she made a baked spaghetti because I told her to stop. I sit in there with the refrigerator open. I wouldn't even heat it up. I just take the lid off and the fork. I just go to work. Don't even heat it up. I said, you got to stop eating. Don't, 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 don't even make that no more. Well, we talked about I said, now, I'm just going to eat this, this, and this. That's all, you know, as much as live food as possible, fish, if it's grilled, bake, or whatever, you know, stuff that's healthy. So get the sodas out and stuff. And I didn't try. Now I tried to drink diet. I said, no, nah, I just drink water. I even juice. Juice got sugar in it. I said, but now what? What's happened? I'm in, I'm, I'm I'm introducing something that's not. It's foreign. I'm not. You know, because mo- I came up. Pig feet, neck bone. You cook green. You gotta have seasoned meat. All this stuff. But, and what's happened? We people cook to find the sweet spot, to make it taste good. Then we blame it on the food. It's something they putting in the food. No, you keep putting the food in your mouth. That's the problem. That's where the problem come in. I mean, come on. See, but see, and, but wait a minute. Wait a minute. What else? Listen, we will justify the food. And after church, most people on Sunday, they're going to find a drug dealer. KFC, Mountain Fried Chicken, Golden Corral, Outback. Most people, when they leave church, they're going to find their favorite drug dealer. 
go and give me a hit right quick. Go, you know. <laughs> but wait a minute. If food is killing more people than drugs, why we ain't preaching the gospel to the restaurant or to the people in church? Why we ain't informing people in the church? Wait a minute. You need to eat, brother. Because it's okay. See, but now here's the thing. Our flesh, there again, our will will find a way to justify things and make it comfortable for us. I'll give you a real, a simple analogy. I used to drink a lot before I got saved. I used to drink a lot. Well, what's the foundation of alcohol? Sugar. So when I got saved, I'm eating Sarah Lee like it's a cracker. It's a whole cake. I'm just sitting there and sliced it up, put it on a napkin, throw the foil away. I'm done. Because I'm going to eat all that. Give me some, some sharp cheese and a, a glass of milk, and I'm happy. But now, I don't went from, I don't stop drinking. Praise the Lord. God set free and deliver. But did he really? Because even though the alcohol, we deem it bad because of the behavior it produces, the food has the same impact because it got the same amount of sugar. So did I really get delivered? Because what happened was my flesh found a way to get satisfied. It won't drink in the liquor, but it was showing up tearing up cheesecakes. You see what I'm saying? All of it because my subconscious was programmed a certain way. And the way we're engineered, that programming is designed to satisfy that criteria. And once that criteria is satisfied, then it'll stop. Does that make sense? That's simple and plain, right? Now, if that principle is true, then ain't it possible to turn it around? Let's take food out the equation and let's put the anointing of God there. Let's take food out of the way and let's put, hey, let's put wealth and riches there because he said wealth and riches are in his house. In other words, if my, if my subconscious can find a way to self-indulge and find that comfort zone, is it a possible to raise my comfort zone and because of the way I'm engineered, I still find it, even though I've never been there. That makes sense. But the first thing, I got, it starts with desire. I got a desire to want better. I got to have something in this that's in me that says, you know what? This ain't God's best. He said he came that I might have life and have it more abundantly. This ain't God's best for my life, to, to live inferior in any area. And I got the spirit of God. Now, wait a minute. Now, here, 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 here flesh come again. But well, you know the white man. Wait a minute. We ain't talk, I ain't talking about no white man. I'm talking about God. See, we got to get, see, that, that, that's the justification. Justification will try to, that's, what, that's how I know it's my will and not God's will when I try to find a, a justifiable reason why I can't do a particular thing. Well, wait a minute. Hey, didn't he say speaking to yourselves in psalms and spiritual psalms? Didn't he say that? Can I speak those psalms, the word to me? Can I speak the word so much that all of a sudden I have an expectation that's higher than I thought before? And now because it's higher, now the Holy Spirit got something to work with and drive me towards? Because he said he'll lead me and guide me into all truth. Well, guess what? If I ain't going nowhere, how can he lead me? Leading you where? Where you going? Well, I mean, really? Lead me and guide me into all truth. Oh, not some. Oh. That means that, wait a minute, I can raise, in other words, only thing that I'm saying, I can raise the bar. I can raise the bar. 
for the Holy Spirit to come in and say, you know what? Now, yeah, we, got, we can do something. I got room for the Holy Spirit to move because now I don't need a whole lot of help just staying comfortable. We need no help. We need no help. As long as I was eating them, them potato wedges and, and drink them big drinks and, you know, m and I ain't need no help. Help do what? need no help. I'm just killing myself. I'm that, that's religion. I'm just dying comfortably. That's what religion do, help you die comfortably. But when the Holy Spirit gets involved, he said, no, let's go a little bit further. Do this. Do that. And the only thing I can do is all I know to do. And after that, I got to trust God wholly. Or I, excuse me, I trust him from A to Z. But once I get to the extent where I don't know what else to do, then you know what? He said, having, having done all the stand, what? Stand, therefore. But I ha- if I haven't done all, then I ain't got time to stand. All right? Is this making sense? Anybody getting anything? So wait a minute. If it's losing weight that I want to do, if it's be a greater anointing in my life that I want to do, if it's financial uh, freedom is what I want, then wait a minute. It starts. Well, wait a minute. What, what, what we start? He said, wisdom is the principal thing. By wisdom, the worlds that were founded on wisdom. So that means I got to start first and foremost with wisdom. Well, where's the wisdom? Wisdom is in God. Lord, how am I going to do this? Then I got to, when the Spirit of God came on the scene, he said, let there be light. He started saying some things. I got to say some stuff. I'm blessed in the city. But not just say it, I got to believe it. When my pockets say I ain't blessed, I stand and declare with all assurance, oh, I'm more than blessed. When I don't feel healed and I don't look healed, I stand with all confidence that by his stripes I am. You know, see, and here's the thing, because whatever, whatever is in you, it's not so much what God is doing, because what he's, he's given us with the Holy Spirit is in us. But now, have I truly accepted it? Have I truly accepted it? I'm not talking about the manifestation. I might not have the manifestation right now, but I accept what God has done on Calvary's cross through Jesus Christ, and I accept the work and will of the Holy Spirit that says that he wants me to prosper and be in health as my soul. I accept it. I believe it. In fact, that's my standard, and I just refuse to live below my standard. See, see, I think let's look from, from this standpoint. Now, let's, let's hypothetically, let's say we're single. Well, we got single people in here. But now, if you're a single person, you got to stand it as it pertains to relationship. You ain't going to just accept anything. You ain't going to accept a, a man or a woman to treat you any kind of way. You got to stand it. Now, some people, some people have a, a standard that may, you know, may not even necessarily come from the scripture. That's just your standard. You know, you, uh, your foundation is in the word. You know, okay, they have to be saved and love the Lord, things of that nature. But there might be some other criteria that you don't even have, that, or excuse me, that's not in the scripture. That's just your, your personal standard. Where did that come from? That's your standard. Now, if you just, I'm just glad to have a man, Lord Jesus. No, then you ain't got no standard. But see, now, if you can understand that analogy, that's how some people treat life. I'm just trudging through this weary land. They're trying to make it in. But that ain't, that ain't scripture. But see, that's what I've accepted as my standard. That's where my, my standard is. But if I can rate, like I said, if I can raise the standard. If I can raise my level of expectation, then I'm, I'm giving room for the Spirit of God. Okay, let's simplify real, real simple. When did God bring the children of Israel out of Egypt? Or let me, let me rephrase that. When did he begin to work a plan to bring them out of Egypt? Well, let me, let me, let me go back. When did that plan begin to manifest that he wanted to bring them out of Egypt? <clears throat> Let me sh- oh, listen. 
the, the, okay, the plan, remember, now he said they were supposed to be in slavery 400 years. They were in slavery for 430 years. This is when God brought them out. The, the plan, when the plan began to manifest. The plan began to manifest when Moses saw the burning bush. Because remember, he was in the wilderness 40 years. Remember? The children of Israel were in captivity 430 years. So what happened? When Moses was in captivity, in Egypt, he jumped the gun 10 years. You do the math. 430 minus 40 is 390. He jumped the gun. Because he was operating in his strength and ability. And, and what, what happened? He didn't have wisdom. You can go back and read it. Just go back and read it. Oh, yeah, hey, don't, don't take my word for it. Go back and read it. They were in bondage for 430 years. Moses was in, in, in the wilderness for 40 years. If my math is correct, 40 from 430 is how much? 390. He left Egypt when he tried to kill the man. When he killed the man, he didn't try. He was very successful. But that was not God, because God said not by might nor by power, but by my spirit. Moses had worldly wisdom because he was trained in the world system. But he didn't have God's wisdom. And over in Corinthians, get that. Somebody get that. I get it. I'm already here. Watch what he say. I, I, you know I like this scripture. 1 Corinthians, I believe it is. Is that 1 Corinthians? Uh, he chose the foolish things of this world to confound them that are wise. Is that right? Amen. Y'all getting anything? I feel like I'm working mighty hard today. Okay. All right. Now notice what he said, verse 27. But God hath chosen. Oh, wait a minute. Let, let's go back to 26. But ye see your calling, brethren, how that not many wise men after. Notice what, what we say, after the flesh. In other words, you can have wise people, but it's their, their wisdom is after the flesh. It's lined up with this world. See? He said, but I, I didn't call him. He said, uh, uh, after the flesh, not many mighty, not many noble are called. But God have chosen the foolish things of this world to confound the wise. And God have chosen the weak things of this world to confound the things which are mighty. So what happened with Moses, God said, let me just bring you out here with some sheep so I can, some, something that's real simple. In other words, if foolish, God know you got a degree and you're real smart and you're down there in Egypt, learn all, oh, yeah, all oh, that's wonderful, but you're not successful going about it your way. So let me pull you all the way out here in the wilderness down there with a few old sheep and, and that way I can teach you something. And when God taught him for 40 years in shepherding, shepherding some simple sheep, he said, he saw something. What did he see? He saw the burning bush. Well, what was the burning bush? The people in Egypt crying out. They were under persecution and affliction, but they were not consumed. That's what he saw. And when God saw it, now notice, the reason why I'm bringing all that up. Because even though the children of Israel weren't there in, in no way, shape, form spiritually, God had a plan from the foundation of the world to bring them out. But the plan was not executed for one until they said, you know what, we, I'm just paraphrasing. We trying to get, we, it's something better. In other words, they had a desire to get out. And now, where the wisdom came in, Moses had been in the wilderness. He had been outside before he had never left Egypt. But in his haste, or in his, you know, on, he was on the run for murder, he leaves and now he's out in the wilderness. All right? He had been somewhere that he had never been for fear of his life, but also the children of Israel had never been. And if you notice, he couldn't take them any further because he hadn't been any further. That's all he had seen. 
So when they begin to cry out to God, and the scripture lets us know that God heard their prayers. God heard them. And he said, I'm going to send a deliverer. And when he sent the deliverer to them, he led them out to the place that he, it was comfortable for him. Because he had been there 40 years. That makes sense. That may, I mean, it's simple. Does that make sense? And so sometimes, wait a minute, the first thing, that's why he said get wisdom. What's wisdom? Can, if I can surmise a whole lot maybe or just a little bit. Now, I said wisdom is making decisions today based on knowing what you will happen tomorrow. Or wisdom enables us to make decisions based on hindsight rather than foresight. Can I just give you another just a loose definition for wisdom? Wisdom is simply a snapshot of where I'm trying to go. That's wisdom. Wisdom is a picture of where I'm trying to go. A clear picture. And notice, I didn't say a clear path. I just said a clear picture. That's wisdom. Wait a minute. Let, let, let me, I got to put the, let, let me clarify. I got to, well, let, let, let me go back. Let me go. Let me go. Watch this. That way y'all won't think I, oh, he just made that stuff up. He, he did be coming in here. Now watch, I just, I just read it in the scripture. I just read it in the scripture. I'm going to read it again. That the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give unto you the spirit of wisdom and what? Revelation. What's revelation? Ain't revelation something to reveal? Huh? Ain't that what it is? So when something is revealed, you see it differently, right? If some, in other words, you see something that's there, it may have been there all the time, but you ain't never seen it before. That's reveal. In other words, that's a picture. It allows you to see something. Been there all the time, but you didn't see it that way. Wisdom and revelation. Why? That the eyes of your understanding be Enlightened. That am I making sense? And so Moses couldn't take him higher because he had only been to the wilderness. You notice Moses didn't go in the promised land. He saw it. He got a picture. But he couldn't get there. And, and the scriptures explain why. He, he, the Lord told us why. He told you, know, because you're, I, boy, I told you, I told you to speak to the rock. You don't hear, God told him why. Okay? Is my time up? Man, my time been up. Y'all ain't nobody said nothing. You know, I just got excited. Thank you. Now you're going to tell me. All right. I'm about, I'm about, I'm about done. 